Hello. Uh, my name is Brian Barrett. I'm a principal software engineer in AWS, specifically EC2. Um, and I'm going to be talking about optimizing network performance for Amazon EC2 instances. Uh, I'll actually be co-presenting. Uh, my co-presenter, Nick Matthews, will come up. He's a solution architect. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Solutions architect in AWS, and he'll be talking a little bit more about the customer facing, uh, customer benefits of using enhanced networking in EC2. Uh, so what to expect from this session? Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about high performance networking applications, uh, particularly, uh, enhanced networking, how it works, uh, some performance numbers, what we're going to do next. Uh, most specifically in the next is, uh, something called Elastic Network Adapter, or ENA, uh, which is a feature we launched earlier this year with the X1 instance type um, and will become our new way of doing enhanced networking as we go forward and launch more instance types. So uh, networking on AWS. As most of you guys have probably figured out, we have a... Uh, we have a network, and it has a, and one of our, um, our modern network type is uh, virtual private cloud, or VPC. Uh, it's a, um, excuse me, uh, it, it has some features in it that you guys have all probably figured out. Uh, the bigger the instance size, the better the performance. Uh, our network itself uh, provides full bisection uh, bandwidth in a placement group. Uh, Slight caveat for uh, uniformly random traffic, but uh, so it's a it's a very large network with a, a lot of bandwidth, um, and customers uh, tend not to see oversubscription effects that you might see on a smaller network. Uh, a couple of years ago, we launched a product called Enhanced Networking. Uh, Enhanced Networking provides over one million pr uh, packets per second uh, input. It started at a 10 gig instance type. Uh, We've since increased that fairly significantly. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, one of the first things enhanced networking did was lower instance-to-instance uh, -instance latencies. And uh, we did this initially using something, uh, an Intel NIC uh, called the A2599, which supports uh, single-root I.O. virtualization. And so we were able to pass that Intel NIC uh, directly to the customer instance. Um, We've uh, since changed with ENA to use a in-house device that, that we'll talk about. So how we did uh, EC2 networking before enhanced networking was, of course, you can see we have an instance. It has two Ethernet devices, ETH0 and ETH1. Uh, both of them are connected to our hypervisor infrastructure that makes all the magic happen uh, via the Zen para-virtualized device. And so if you send a packet out of ETH0, uh, it flows through the instance networking stack, through the Zen uh, para-virtualized ring devices into the virtualization layer, uh, where it goes through some network processing, that kind of jaggedy line there, uh, and then eventually leaves the, the host and goes on its merry way to the other, the other draw, um, host where it's received, and kind of the reverse path happens and the packet ends up in your other instance. Uh, with Enhanced networking, particularly in this case the Intel 82599, uh, you don't have a Zen pair virtualized device. You have a uh, PCI virtual function. And so this looks like just any other PCI device. You can run LSPCI and it shows up and it has a bus number and all of this, those things you'd expect. Uh, you can use ETHTool and look at it just like you'd expect for any network device you'd have in any Linux or Windows box. Um, and when you send a packet out, 
rather than going through the virtualization layer, uh, your driver in, in your instance sends a packet across this virtual, uh, virtual function. Uh, it gets sent out on the wire, and then uh, we talk, uh, or we do all the network processing to make our uh, virtual private cloud offering work uh, somewhere else. <laughs> um, and that somewhere else, uh, if you want more details on the somewhere else, uh, James Hamilton gave a keynote last night that's now available online, uh, talking in detail about exactly how this works, the hardware that we use to make the magic happen. Uh, I highly recommend his uh, his keynote, it's always entertaining, and in this case, it has an awful lot to do about how this magic works. Um, so we launched uh, with the X1 this year, a Enhanced Networking Adapter, or ENA, uh, or sorry, Elastic Network Adapter, or ENA. Uh, it's a new PCI device uh, developed especially for EC2. Uh, we found one of the disadvantages with the Intel 82599 is it's a 10 gigabit NIC. And if we wanted to provide more than 10 gigabit, we had to provide a different NIC. And if we looked at the roadmaps, if we wanted to provide more than 20 gigabit, we had to do yet another NIC. And we were just going to play this game of every time we wanted to increase speed, we'd have to make all of you guys get a new driver and change your configurations and twiddle some other bits. And that didn't seem particularly customer friendly. So we, we stepped back and said, well, why don't we build one NIC that can operate over a variety of speeds, uh, from the 10 gig we offer today to the 20 gig you see in X1 to 40 gig to 100 gig to 400 gig? Um, we're not going to do 400 gig next year, just not to rain on anyone's parade, but the, the device driver and the device itself were designed to keep up until we get to that point and probably beyond that point. It uses a lot of lessons learned from modern uh, PCI devices like NVMe in terms of, which is on the storage side, in, in terms of uh, all of the control APIs you use to talk to the device can live in cacheable memory so that you get the best performance out of the Intel uh, processors that are running your instance. Um, it also, unlike one of the common complaints about our uh, enhanced networking with the 82599 was like a C3 8x large or a C4 8x large, uh, the, each ENI that was placed got two transmit queues and two receive queues. For most web applications, this wasn't a big deal. You got all the bandwidth that you needed, uh, all the performance you needed. But if you were doing custom uh, processing, and Nick will talk about one particular case where this is very true, where you were doing lots of network processing on every packet, that minimum queue size can start to make the OS run fairly slow, and it's hard to use all the network that we're providing. And so one of the things we did with ENA is greatly increase the number of uh, request queues per device. So today at launch on, on the platforms that support it, so the X1, the P2, the M4 16X large, uh, today we can add R4 uh, and F1 to that and eventually C5 once it's released. Um, with those you get eight uh, queues per device, whether you're on the M4 16XL or uh, the C5 extra large uh, when that when that becomes available, you'll have eight queues, and we'll actually be increasing that over time uh, to keep 
scale with the number of cores that we're adding to the instance types. And so for those customers who have had pains with the number of queues that we provided with the 82599, uh, we think we've solved that particular problem um, and, and you'll have the queues you need. The other thing that's important for customers who have had trouble with the Intel 82599, uh, because it's a, a hardware device that we don't entirely, we didn't design in-house, we didn't do all those things, we do have trouble seeing sometimes exactly what's happening with the customer's virtual function. And, and when they have, that, for most customers, that's not a problem. They don't have problems, everything just works, but occasionally things go wrong. Um, and we've had visibility problems, and one of the things we get with ENA is we can tell exactly what the state of the NIC is when a customer comes and says, hey, I'm seeing this really odd performance problem, and I, I'm having trouble understanding what's happening. And so with uh, ENA, we're actually going to be able to have some introspection into the device and be able to say, oh, you know, it looks like you're letting the queue, the TX queue fill up before you're, um, uh, before you're ringing the doorbell so that we transmit. Are you sure that you have all your DPDK settings exactly right? Or are you forgetting to call this poll function because the RX queue keeps filling? And, and it looks like maybe adding some CPU would help. And that's things we've had trouble with that we'll be able to do better with ENA. Um, so in addition to better performance, we get better debuggability. Now on the performance front, uh, this graph shows kind of the last four generations of uh, enhanced networking and then prior to enhanced networking, the, the really tall bars, and this is latencies, and higher is worse, as you'd expect with latency. Um, so the, the high bars are CC2 8x large, which was our last uh, kind of HPC off network offering that didn't have enhanced networking. And you can see, you know, our, our average latencies, our TP50s were about 200 mic uh, microseconds. These are microseconds. Um, and if you looked at the TP99, uh, it went fairly dramatically up. And if you looked at the P100, uh, it actually just totally, the, the scale was so bad that everything else got lost in the noise. Uh, that it, it, it was a fairly noisy platform um, in terms of latencies. Uh, for the time, it was amazing. But uh, with enhanced networking, if you look, we took, you know, on a, the C3 8x large, uh, we took 50%, over 50% of the latency off in one giant whack. Uh, and more importantly, if you look at the TP99, you don't see these dramatic increases. And if you look at the TP100 latencies, you really don't see these dramatic increases in latencies, these outliers that cause applications so much problem. Uh, C4 8x large, uh, due to the hardware differences between C3 and C4, uh, despite both being the 82599, they actually did use some different hardware to implement the, the VPC part of the whole magic. Um, it had better average case latency and then a little worse case uh, TP99. Uh, it, it was a little bit more susceptible to outliers. With M416X large, where we went <coughs> to ENA, however, what you see is not only did we take uh, a, another chunk of average latency off and best case latencies off, but we were also able to improve the outlier performance. And a lot of this has to do with, uh, instead of having to go through kind of a loopback cable and some extra serialization delays and some extra processing, uh, everything's now integrated into one PCI device. Um, and again, if you want to see how the, the magic happens on ENA, uh, I really recommend like, watching James uh, Hamilton's video, 
But one of the things we, we did there with ENA was we were able to collaborate with Annapurna Labs, who's a subsidiary of Amazon, who makes the PCI device. And we were able to really get down to the nitty-gritty details of, of how the, all the interactions happened and control some of the outlier problems that we were having. Um, so better latencies, always good. On the bandwidth side, uh, 10 gig is 10 gig. Uh, enhanced networking uh, really meant you could always get 10 gig, whereas with uh, the Zen PV devices, you had to have a, be having a really good day um, to, to actually get 10 gig of networking. Now, if you look, uh, if you look at our specs page, you see that M, uh, M416X large, we say is a 20 gig instance type. And yet, on this graph, the little blue line stops about 10 gigabit. Uh, and so what's up with that? Well, this is single stream bandwidth. And one of the interesting things we're doing as part of our rollout of greater than 10 gigabit instance types is we're providing 20 gig of aggregate bandwidth, but any given TCP stream is still limited to 10 gigabit. Um, and so if you look, the green line is uh, if we run multiple streams, in this case three, but you'd, you'd get it at two as well, uh, three TCP streams, and you can see we're hitting 20 gigabit. Um, there's a couple of reasons for this. Uh, one, it, it allows us to, to have a little bit better uh, utilization of our network in general, uh, which is great for you guys. It saves you guys money. Uh, it reduces your outlier performance problems uh, for, for bandwidth. So, and for us, it makes it a little bit easier to, to maintain the system. Um, and when we look at most of our customers, their use cases were, I have lots, of, I need lots of bandwidth, but I also have lots of TCP flows. And so this really covers that use case fairly well. Uh, it, it is a little, where, where it surprises people though, is it, you know, the first thing you do when you get a new instance type is you download iPerf, um, or whatever your bandwidth checker is of choice, and the default is a single TCP stream, and you see, you know, this number, and you're kind of sad. And you come talk to us and we say, well, you know, if you added this dash I3 or whatever the option is for your test, it'll look like this. And you run it, and it does, and everyone's happy. Um, this is something we're going to continue doing, where you'll see us have uh, 10 gig uh, flow limiters inside an instance, and then we'll keep increasing the aggregate bandwidth uh, as we go forward. Um, today, the other place that's, uh, that, that tends to catch people with this bandwidth is this is all inside a placement group. Um, and a placement group is basically our way of saying, uh, letting you tell us, you know what, these two instances or these, this set of instances are going to be driving an awful lot of traffic to each other. Uh, and, and put them together in a way that they can drive lots of bandwidth to each other. Um, and so the, the 10 gigabit generally has only been inside a placement group with the R4 instance type that was launched today uh, that 10 or 20 gigabit is inside a region. Um, and whether you're in the same AZ, in the same placement group, as long as you're in the same region, you'll be able to drive that 10 or 20 or whatever number uh, for this, the, the instance size you're running. Uh, and this will be true on all the platforms going forward, is that instead of having kind of this different aggregate bandwidth inside placement group um, and outside of placement group, it'll be the bandwidth number, and then what will change is the, si the maximum size of a single flow that you can run, uh, that you can drive. And so if you're inside a placement group, you'll be able to drive a 10 gigabit flow, and if you're crossing AZs, uh, you'll be able to drive a 5 gigabit flow. 
Um, and so, again, looking at various network contention points, um, and, and that's kind of why that happens. But again, looking at the average use case for cross-AZ traffic, uh, that it shouldn't be very impactful for most of our customers. <coughs> Excuse me. So um, if we look, how do I use ENA? Uh, you know, you've said it's great. How do you use it? Um, so the easiest way is just grab the latest Amazon Linux uh, AMI and launch a X1, a P2, an R4, or an M4-16XL, um, and everything just works. Uh, there are Linux and Windows drivers available for if you're using another Linux uh, AMI or if you're using Windows. Uh, the URL there, uh, and if you search on uh, AWS, docs.aws.amazon.com, uh, this URL is, is available there, is our Amazon Linux drivers. Uh, if you look on the, the documentation website, there's a uh, link to the Windows drivers as well. Uh, we are upstreaming this, so Linux 4.9, which will be shipping any day now, it's in the RC series, uh, will include ENA support out of the box. Uh, we will continue up upstreaming changes as we go. Uh, and there is DPDK support. Uh, DPDK uh, version 16.04 included ENA drivers. Uh, we made some enhancements over the last couple of months, and so if you are looking to use DPDK, we really recommend you use 16.11 when it comes out. Uh, you'll have a slightly better experience. We found some bugs, that kind of thing. Um, and so we recommend upgrading. And for those using FreeBSD, which has been a pain point for enhanced networking because the IXGBE VF driver that you used with the Intel card has never really worked well with FreeBSD in our environment, uh, we'll have a native FreeBSD driver coming soon that, that is actually tuned for, for the, Amazon, or for the uh, AWS environment. Um, and so that's kind of what the ENA driver support looks like. Um, with that, I'm going to turn it over to Nick, who's going to talk about some of our customer stories uh, and success stories with enhanced networking. Cool. Thanks, Brian. So uh, we talked a lot about networking and some of the details. Uh, but let's take a look at what this actually looks like to our, our customers and our partners. So the first use case here that we're going to talk about is Twilio. A lot of you are probably familiar with them. Uh, they run a service on ABS that helps uh, over a million users with their real-time communication requirements. The, um, one of the challenges here is that whenever they route calls between regions, that all happens over the ABS network. And so anyone that's ever been on a phone call with packet loss or high latency or jitter, you know, it doesn't sound fun. So how do you solve that problem? Uh, enhanced networking comes to the savior here. So when they moved to the HVM instances that include enhanced networking, it allows them to, one, use 10 gigabit per second uh, interfaces, which speeds up the communication. Uh, it allows higher packets per second for, uh, if you're familiar with doing a lot of real-time streaming, you use a lot of small UDP packets uh, quite often. And end result is, you know, have your customers and less support calls. As well, uh, customer Supercell, you may know them from Clash of Clans. Uh, they run an online game uh, that, the way, the way it works is they've got uh, a large amount of TCP connections that are, that are fully meshed. Uh, and as part of this as well, they started experiencing some challenges when they were scaling this game out. And so 
they found out they, they really need to move into VPC for a variety of reasons. And so they, they did a migration from EC2 Classic to VPC. Uh, one of the benefits in VPC is now they're able to use instance types that have enhanced networking enabled. So on EC2 Classic, one of the challenges they had was the amount of time it took for sessions to establish. Basically, they, there's a, a proxy server that, you know, there's hundreds of these and they have thousands of connections. And so it was taking, you know, 30 minutes for these TCP connections to stabilize and connect, uh, which, you know, obviously was, was painful. Uh, when, when they moved to enhanced networking, uh, this took one minute. As well, uh, you know, TCP and, and sessions, especially on uh, you know, databases, monitoring, uh, sometimes TCP does odd things, and you just hope it's kind of self-heals, that's the benefit, uh, but it can be a little bit annoying. Uh, so one of the things they saw when they moved over to enhanced networking is that, you know, their monitoring solutions that were doing lots of TCP, TCP connections out to their infrastructure, that became a lot more stable. They just had a lot less weird things happening. Uh, as well as the databases, whenever, you know, connections would reset every now and then, and, you know, they would try to figure out that what was happening. Um, and apparently the answer was, again, enhanced networking, so that, that made the database connections become a lot more stable. As well, their message queues uh, that, that, that started shrinking in size, so, you know, very, very cool story. Uh, the end result here is, okay, we've been talking a lot about networking. What does this actually mean to me as a customer, my users, especially the users and your customers? Uh, for them, this allowed them to start doing uh, maintenance and downtimes instead of taking an hour it now takes 20 minutes. So there's users that are playing and they don't even realize that there was a, you know, an outage or a downtime. So great result there. Uh, we'll, we'll change, you know, type of customer use case here. So uh, Cisco is a, a partner of ours. Uh, they have the, the cloud services router or CSR. So it's, uh, you know, the benefit to customers, you know, you get to use the same feeling if you know iOS on-premise or on AWS. And, you know, it has, does routing and these kinds of things. Uh, it's of particular interest to us because we built a solution with them called the Transit VPC. Uh, the Transit VPC is something that our solutions builder team uh, built. It uses Lambda to automatically allow you to do transit of routing, basically from on-premise to, to multiple VPCs. Uh, the part why this is kind of interesting is because it becomes a bottleneck. The way that we get the routing to work is by using VPNs. So we use the virtual private gateways and the, you know, the, the spoke VPCs, which all terminate on the CSR. And so then the, the CSR is then processing all that traffic and terminating the IPsec tunnels. So, you know, we did some testing, um, you know, for the majority of use cases, depending upon, you know, packet size and all those kinds of things, you get anywhere from, you know, about one to four gigabits per second through the CSR. So it was really important for them to enable enhanced networking. So what they saw, uh, so, so Ceph is, uh, the, basically the acronym they use for their forwarding mechanism on the router. They saw an over 100% increase on that, as well from IPsec performance, uh, that went up, again, over 100%. We have some different numbers, so it's, it was kind of hard to quantify an exact number, but you know, the performance was doubling in all use cases. So very, very cool stuff there. So let's take a look at some of the other, uh, what do we need to do for enhanced networking? First, the instance types are up here, so we've got uh, C3, C4, D2, I2, M4, except for the 16, and then R3. Uh, we have ENA support on the M4 16XL, as well as the P2 and the X1 instances. The, there's two requirements you need in order to use enhanced networking. You need the driver support, 
and then you also need to tag your AMI or build the, the tag into your AMI. You'll need version 2.14.2 or later to support the Intel 8259.9 driver. So let's take a look at how to do the AMI tagging. So in this scenario, this is how you can find out whether or not your instance supports enhanced networking or not. So this is an example using the Avis CLI. From here, uh, you can see that in the SRIOV net support, you get a null result. There's nothing there. If you do the same thing where it's supported, it says you'll get the result with simple. For ENA support, I use a slightly different version of the CLI using the reservations parameter. And for here, it is a true for when you support ENA. In terms of how you actually uh, check if your AMI already has this baked in or not, these are the two AWS CLI commands you'll use to check this. So you can basically, you check the image attribute of your, of your AMI, and it will, for both of these, it will either be SRIOV net support for enhanced, or for the 82599 Intel driver, and then for ENA, uh, it's just ENA support. If you want to build your own AMI that has enhanced networking enabled, uh, this is the, the process. It's the, the same standard process that you would use for building a normal AMI. That you can, that's all uh, documented on you know, docs.avs.amazon.com. So basically, you, you start your instance up. Uh, you incorporate the kernel changes. Or again, if you're using 4.9 or later, it's already going to be built into the kernel. And from there, uh, depending upon whether you're using instance back storages or EBS back storages, or AMIs, sorry, uh, you'll have two different ways to do this. With the instance back stores, you'll just need to build a new AMI to do that. With the EBS backed images, you're able, you can stop the image, uh, run this command here, the modify instance attribute, and then you can start it back up and you'll have support. One thing to note here that's important is that once you enable this, there's no going back. So if you go on your EBS, you go and tag it, it's going to immediately start, when you launch it back up, it's going to try to do that. So if you have other changes you want to do or any other testing you want to do, uh, we recommend for you to do that first before you enable this tag. So if, you, if you've done this and you want to see if it's working, uh, what you can do is you can run this uh, ETH tool command here, dash I, and then the, the network interface. And in the case where it's not running, you'll, you'll receive the, the VIF driver. Uh, you can do this as, on Windows as well. You'll have to go through the GUI and take a look at the driver details. You should see the, the same results. And if it, it is enabled, you get the IXGBVF. Uh, I don't know if you, how many of you guys are curious what that stands for. It, it kind of drive, drove me nuts. The Intel X for 10, uh, then Gigabit Ethernet Virtual Function. So if, now you guys can tell everyone you learned something today. XGBIF, I think it's the... No, I have no idea how to present that. <laughs> Uh, and if for ENA, it's uh, very similar. You'll run the same ETH tool command. And from there, uh, again, you'll see the ENA driver there. Uh, you'll see the versions change a little bit. Uh, you don't need to worry about the bus info or any of those types of details. Those, those will change, uh, potentially. And that's what I've got. So uh, I'll leave you with one closing kind of uh, statement. Uh, you know, basically tag your instances, and everything goes faster. Right, that's, that's kind of the, the call to action here. So use enhanced networking. It's easy. It works. Uh, you know, so thank you guys for uh, coming. And I know it's getting late here, so we'll take questions.